I'm your host, Jeff Dawson, for another episode of Dawson's Domain, where we cover the spectrum of life's pressing issues and events, from politics to relationships, sports to horror, alternative history to poetry, humor to baseball coaching, and everything in between. Texas. Yes, summer has arrived and everyone is complaining like a bunch of little girls. It's like, oh my God, it's hot. Well, you know, it's been really mild for April. It was very mild for May. We had two really nice weeks in June. I've been down there since 85 and I don't ever remember having a spring like this. And then it hit the early 90s it got in the mid 90s it seesawed up and down and apparently starting tomorrow we've got another one of our notorious cold fronts coming in that's supposed to generate rain on and off for the next five to seven days but if you've lived down here you know what that means they don't have a clue monday they're saying we're supposed to get like half an inch of rain okay that might be true but we're in that time of year where we get these popcorn heat generated thunderstorms everyone that has lived here is familiar with those the sky is not falling it's not global warming it is the weather patterns that have been going on here for i don't know a couple hundred years but who's counting so so far it has been a mild mild summer i've been down here when it wasn't mild i've worked outside when it wasn't mild but I'm not your weatherman. I just wanted to give you a take on what's going on and how much fun we're having right now. Because I already discussed how ERCOT already sent out this warning after, you know, it was almost worse than what we went through back in February in that deep, horrifying freeze. That was really brutal. But what we have three days of heat and all of a sudden warnings are going out and you got to turn your thermostat to 78 who the hell's running this show i really don't know and i'm still wanting abbott to hold people accountable for the fiasco of not just february but what led in to february where's the accountability well there is none why You tell me and we'll both know. There's there's no accountability in government. We just pass the buck. We fire some people. We let them resign with full benefits and full pay. And I was appalled when I saw just how much some of those people at ERCOT were making. And what did they give us? Yeah. They gave us February. And now they're giving us summer. But they're gone. Talk about accountability. My ass. Okay. We got a bunch of shout outs here. And the first one goes to my son, my oldest son, Justin, and his bride, Heather. This morning, I was invited to attend an Herbalife STS, which is a supervisor, supervisor's training seminar. They are in the top 1% producers. 
that's pretty damn good when I look back on where they started. I mean, it it was a push. Those kids had nothing. They really had nothing, but uh, they have stuck it out. I remember Justin would call me up I don't, or he asked me what I was doing. I was like, well, what are you doing? Because you could hear the wind in the background. He was going through the Walmart parking lot handing out flyers with two chill, two babies in his arms. Now, that was dedication. And it paid off. It, like I said, it hasn't been easy, but to see he and his bride on stage is a group of the 1% earners. What more can you ask from a child? And I am a distributor for Herbalife. I just haven't really pushed it because I've been in construction all these years and you know, I can come up with a lot of excuses like all of us can, but I am a distributor and I can't take a lot of the products because I got blood clots back in 2010. So any of the caffeinated products like the tea and what they call liftoff, the, those are out. I drank a full leaded cup of coffee and I'm done. I'm popping antenalol like they're candy trying to keep my heart back in rhythm. But if you're looking for energy, the teas they sell and that liftoff, it is good stuff. Now, how can I say that when I don't take it? Because I've sold it to people that have raved about it and love it. So if you're interested, you know, jdawson41 at netzero.net. Send me an email. I'll give you the information on how to get it. But it's good stuff. And I did take the shakes up until I got back into construction. What a mistake that was. And had lost, I don't know, 40 pounds. And I was walking two miles a day. But I dropped 40 pounds in like six months. And then I got back in construction and started working 12 and 14-hour days and sitting on my ass behind a desk. And these little Asian girls were going out and buying some, oh, damn, that food was good. Whether it was Vietnamese, Chinese, Korean, Thai. And I just looked at them one day and said, y'all making me fat. And they said, no, 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 you look good. You look good. I said, I look like a damn roly poly. I can't see my toes anymore. And they thought that was pretty funny. But it was the truth. I couldn't see my toes anymore. Where they go? So I've got to get back into that. So if you're looking to lose some weight, and these aren't crash diets or anything like that, the the shakes taste good. They kick up your metabolism because that's what their whole program is based on, kicking up your metabol- metabolism. Gals, they even got skincare products. And when I used them, they actually worked. Instead of being able to scrape off a pound of oil from my face, it stayed moist but it wasn't like you know gee i can write my name on my cheek five times and keep erasing and it comes right back i I had horrible acne when i was a teenager horrible that's another story but the stuff works that's all i can say the stuff really does work okay now we're doing a little kind of cross promotion because 
my daughter-in-law, Heather, has this group called Queens. And it's, I think it's part of the Herbalife. It, it's all the gals that take Herbalife. And they have their retreats. Well, she enjoys buying things that, you know, accessories, jewelries, necklaces, uh, a top now and then. She's always complaining that, or not always, but sometimes, well, I can't find what I want. Well, she hasn't checked out Stacy West's site, The Shaggy Buffalo. And I have watched some of these videos and she sells stuff that women love. Probably some men out there that wouldn't mind getting an item or two to decorate their ears. You just never know. In fact, when my buddy Wes commented on uh, Stacy's earrings and that Patty needed to get some, it's like, so when did you start? complimenting women's earlobes Wes and of course he just laughed at me it's like well because I'm observant that's no you're a dumbass but that's not the point but it's called the shaggy buffalo and it is on Facebook Stacy West is the one that runs it and yes I'm going to tag my daughter-in-law Heather so she can see the products and the items that you sell I did mention it to my son but and no, I didn't take the card with me. I took other cards, but you are getting a shout out on this because she's a very vivacious gal. She really loves what she does. And it was neat because I also got to meet her parents and we had quite the interesting chat at Dunstan's. Yes, it was Friday night at Dunstan's and I'm actually saving, I saved Dunstan's for last because the last person I'm going to identify, it was a milestone evening for him, but we had quite the group because there was a birthday that had gone on. So we had the, the basic people, Wes, myself, Patty, and then Stacy's folks, Kay and Dale, Jennifer and Raymond. I'm going to talk about Raymond in a minute. He and I need to have a MAPSCO discussion. Um, our waitress, Tracy, which was interesting because she's not the normal one. Occasionally we get her because the main waitress that works the smoking dining area is Tabitha and Tabitha was not to be seen. So maybe she had a cheer contest. One of her daughters were involved or gymnastics, you know, some type of school activity because of this summer and my granddaughters right now, two of them are in softball tournaments. No, I'm not going out there because I just don't acclimate well to the heat right now, but we'll get out there sooner or later. And Tabitha was, it's not that she was a wall. It's that she was in a pretty bad car accident. And Patty showed me the pictures and yeah, she looks banged up. Doesn't look like there's anything critical. So our prayers and thoughts go out 
to Tabitha and her family. And I'm sure her girls and her son, husband too, were pretty shook up when they got the phone call at like 1030 at night that uh, mom's in the hospital. Nobody wants to hear that. It's like a parent getting the call that your child is in the hospital and you don't know why, but you don't ask questions. You just go and see what's going on. And that has happened to me a couple of times with uh, my oldest son and my daughter, but we are praying and wishing. No, we're not wishing. We are praying for a quick, speedy recovery a complete recovery so you can get back to your family and get back to doing what you love. I'm just glad that uh, it wasn't worse than it could be after they described the damage to the car that she was in. That was, it was on 635, must've been over in the Mesquite Garland area. And apparently she got pushed off the road into a concrete median well if you've ever hit one of those concrete medians they don't move anything that hits it just kind of crumples up there were no pictures of the car but then we didn't need one we just want to we just look forward to her rejoining the festivities on friday evening but last but not least because there is a name that i'm sure one of the listeners today, and I will call her out. Miss Patty is like, well, honey, he forgot to mention you. And I'm sure this stately gentleman is just smiling. Goes, nah, honey, he's saving the best for last. And that's me. And I did. That would be Mr. Jerry. Mr. Jerry Berry turned 77 today. And it was quite the birthday party for him. It was a good time. And that's what we go there for is a good time, a good family time. And that is what Dunstan's is known for. They have two locations in Dallas, one on Lover's Lane, one on Harry Hines. Affordable pricing, good family atmosphere. What more can you ask for? Because you don't find that in a lot of places. It's much better than going to Denny's or Waffle House, which, yeah, that's still a staple in my life. But you know the crowd that's going into those fine establishments. Well, this one is family-oriented. So it is a calm, mature crowd that is there to have a few drinks enjoy time with their families and just enjoy the evening. That's what you get when you go to Dunstan's. The food is good. And like I said, it's reasonably priced. So what more do you want? I think that pretty well sums it up. Okay. Let's see here. Yeah, put that on. All right, do I jump in to my book reviews? I actually had on there On Tyranny by Timothy Snyder. 
and it does tie in with the main topic I want to get into, but after thinking about it, I ain't going to give that son of a bitch a thumbs up one, but this was one, but you can go to Goodreads, put my name in there, Jeff Dawson, go to Goodreads and look up on tyranny. This started one of the biggest shit storm debates I'd ever been involved in. And we have enough strife right now that, uh, just go to Goodreads and look it up because I'm not going to give them props. I read the book, but it was a quick read. And then I got my refund for it. That's how much I thought about it. I did give it three stars, but the content was crap and it just turned into the biggest liberal free for all I'd ever been involved in. And if I'm not mistaken, I don't think I had a conservative one jump in there and support my position. I could be wrong because there were like 66 comments on my review. And I just stood my ground and told them what I thought and they didn't like it. And I didn't give two shits. Well, what's more important is the book sacrificial lambs. And I have talked about this one before. And I thought about it when I was watching an episode of blue bloods yesterday And the episode was this young kid, this radical wanted to have this protest and burn the flag. And he did it once and it caused a big melee and bodies were flying and people went to the hospital and he thought he had this badge of honor that he could wear because it was such a successful event and the media covered it. And he said, when I'm getting out, I'm going to have another one. And, you know, Tom Selleck is the police commissioner and he approved the permit. Only this time, this kid's father was buried at this other cemetery. And the flag wasn't burned because it was okay for him (coughs) to burn it someplace else. But when it came to where his father who had served was laying in rest. He couldn't do it. And that's why that brings me to sacrificial lambs. People today don't understand sacrifice. Not, not even close. Cause in that same episode, Sergeant Gormley, he's all fired up about it that he was sent to run this detail and protect these kids. And he's like, that's bullshit. My grandfather, two of my uncles, they died in that cert protecting that flag. And, you know, he just loses it. So he knows what it's like. And he had served. Yes. I understand it's a constitutional right to burn the flag. Well, go do that in another country. Go find another country that will let you just burn their flag and not care. Sacrificial lambs is the epitome of what our soldiers, our airmen, and our sailors have gone through since the Revolutionary War to protect our freedoms that sadly are being eroded away. 
the book is about the destroyers that were set up as pickets around Okinawa to protect the task force. Because this is where the Japanese ramped up their divine wind concept. Or for modern nomenclature, the kamikaze. They sent these ships out there to draw fire. And they knew what would happen to them. They knew why they were there. And they didn't shirk their duty. Imagine being 18 years old, 20 years old, 24. You're on a ship and you're told we're going out north and northeast and northwest of Okinawa. And our mission is to have the Japanese try and slam their planes into our ships and kill us. Your job is to make sure that doesn't happen. How would you react to that? In, in today's climate. How many of those idiots that were protesting last summer would say, sign me up? That's what these men did. These, these boys. And men did. They sacrificed for the stars and stripes. They knew they could die. They were the point of our fleet. They were the first line of defense. Well, any military strategist knows you take out that first line of defense to get to the main force. They never shied away from their duty. They stood there and protected the fleet. Were they always successful? No, because there's no way you could shoot down the waves after waves of kamikazes that were coming after our fleet. I mean, it was Japan's last stand. It was. If they don't destroy our fleet to the point of us realizing it's too costly to invade Japan, maybe we'll sue for peace, just like Hitler thought with the Battle of the Bulge on December 16th, 1944, if he can split the British and American forces, he might be able to get a good peace agreement. And then for whatever odd reason he was developing, that we would join forces with uh, Nazi Germany and fight the Russians. Yeah, that wasn't going to happen either. So... If you haven't read the book, Sacrificial Lambs, and you really enjoy World War II history, get it. It's more than well worth your time. You will be amazed. And the photographs in that book are phenomenal. Because there's one where a Japanese plane can't be more than 50 feet from the ship. And this sailor is taking pictures and it's coming right at him. This isn't a movie. You know, we've seen that in the remakes of 9-11. This isn't Hollywood. This was real life. And this sailor is taking a picture of this plane for 
historical purposes. Yeah, okay. But it's a great book. <clears throat> the Texas Rangers. It pains me to even mention their name. But you take the good with the bad, right? We got a whole lot of bad. Yes, they beat Kansas City last night. Yes, they split with Oakland last night. Is that cause for celebration? Is that cause to start buying tickets to the playoffs in 2021? Yeah, I'd hold off on that until about 2024. But then that depends who's uh, the president and the GM of this team. Because right now, it's just a mess. We are the, what is it, the third worst team? Fourth. Fourth worst team in baseball. Fourth. And if they have another losing streak like they did in June, hell, they might catch up. Who is the worst? The pot? No, the Diamondbacks. We might catch up with them. That would be a milestone. Their winning percentage is 273. I mean, this is pathetic. Uh, they're 273. The Orioles are 316. The hell, I can't even read my handwriting there. Uh, oh, no, the Rangers are 368 and the Pirates are 378. So we're the third. Then the Rockies are above us at 408. And then there's three teams tied. At uh, winning percentage of 427, the Tigers, the Twins, and the Marlins, the Tigers. That's my other team. Boy, I'm having a banner year in baseball, aren't I? Not one team is not, well, at least the Tigers aren't in the basement anymore. I guess they built a ladder to pull themselves out. But, uh, well, this Ranger team, I understand we don't have starting pitching. And then when, we, when they do perform, and get six or seven innings. The bullpen comes in and whoop, just vanishes it. So as my good friend Wes mentioned, hey, if I'm a manager, I'm just going to tell my guys, hang in there, hang in there. Wait, we'll get to their bullpen and we're going to chew them alive. And sadly, that's what happens because this has not been a team that can keep stringing offensive outings every day. I mean, you can look at the LA series. They won the first one. Did they win the first one? Well, the scores were identical. It was 12 to one. So they scored 12 ones in run game and won the next, which the Dodgers did the same thing. But as the series went on, no offense. And when you look at the players on this team, why? Falefa, Lowe, Solak, Trevino, Gallo, Adolis, White, Calhoun. That's not a bad lineup. Those, those are good hitters. So why can't they hit? Why is the Rangers team batting average 226? 12 points below 
the league average of 238. Because we got a pissant hitting coach for one, but I've discussed that in great detail in the last episode. This team needs to get right. And I want to know who the captain of the team is. I haven't heard. No one has made an announcement. Why? I don't know who's running that clubhouse. Or is it a collective of opinions? And yeah, I don't know this for a fact, but something tells me John Daniels is a liberal. So nobody needs to be in charge. We'll just kind of roll the dice and see what happens. But in any of the press conferences, have you heard them ask who's the captain of the team who's running this show? No. Why? I thought every team had a captain. Every team had a leader, someone that would hold everyone accountable for their poor performance. Same with the pitchers. Who's in charge of that group? It ain't the coaches because we got don't have one. We have two pitching coaches. Yeah, that's really helping their ERA right now. I think the team average is like 4.85. That, that's something to write home about, isn't it? No. Not today, not tomorrow, not next year. So I want to know who's running that clubhouse. And if somebody isn't, it's time that somebody was. Because it's obviously not going to come from the president, John Daniels. It's not going to come from the new GM. Was it Chris Davis? It's like, well, let's just show up and. I guess do our job and see what happens. And you're starting to see on Woodward's face a bit of frustration. I would be extremely frustrated. Absolutely just losing my mind frustrated. Okay. Now, if you have any thoughts or comments, you can call in at 888-627-6008 or 323-744-4831. And your calls will be taken. Now, this I've really enjoyed, though. College World Series. Man, so I have a choice. Do I watch the Rangers play or do I watch the college, college baseball? Really doesn't take much thought. Give me the college baseball, even though it's on ESPN, which if you've listened to me, you know I can't stand them sons of bitches. That's a left-wing organization, and I only watch them when I absolutely, positively have to because I don't need their political bullshit mixing in with my sports if they would drop that i wouldn't have a problem with it but i don't see that happening not today not tomorrow well so we're down to the final four actually the final three texas mississippi state vanderbilt and north carolina which they were the cinderella team but they got tested for covid They played Friday night with only 13 available players because of the COVID protocols. Well, 
they checked them, I guess, this morning or last night. Four of the vaccinated players tested positive. Two of the unvaccinated players tested positive. Okay, now don't start with a conspiracy theory. See, I told you it didn't work. The shots don't work. And everyone knows I haven't gotten the shot yet because I had a real bad reaction to a flu shot. And I just, for whatever reason, I just have problems. And I really don't want to go through that. I'd be the one that would get COVID and I'd be in the hospital for 30 days. Of course, I could get it anyway and still be in the hospital for 30 days. So it is still a choice and I'm still thinking about it. Why couldn't they have just said six players tested positive for COVID? No, the article that I read and who did that come from? Let's see. That's not, there it is. CBS MLB. That's where I got the information. Why can't you just say six players tested positive and based on the protocols we have in place, we hate to say this, but North Carolina, you're done. Now to be interesting to see if any of the teams they have played, if any of their players test positive, now that hasn't happened yet. And, and if you watch this, the players aren't wearing masks. Okay. But some of the coaches are the umpires. I think most of the umpires are, but I'd have to look back on some film. Yeah, I think for the most part, the umpire and crews are wearing them, but the players aren't. Go ahead, play baseball with a mask on, see how long it lasts. And then you can go look at the reports if you want to, to see if masks work or if they don't. How many reports are out there that they do? How many reports are out there that they don't? And how many reports are out there that say, hey, we really don't have a clue if they work or not? That'd be zero. But watching these games has been more than entertaining. They have been extremely well played. Yes. Uh, the game I watched yesterday before I went to dinner, damn, who was it? No, I forgot. I think it was Mississippi state. Yeah. Mississippi state in Texas. Uh, they are playing at such a high level that one mistake, one error is enough to unhinge a team and they just can't get over it. Now, I understand as they get older and they get maturity, they can shake it off. But they are so hyped up and this this is a problem I have. They're so hyped up they can't overcome it. And I watch these guys, these these are college players. Many will be drafted. Very few will make the majors. A lot of them will make the minors, but very few will make the majors, but the amount of emotion they're showing reminds me of girls softball. Their emotions are like a roller coaster up, down, up, down, up, down. And if they get one bad call, everybody loses their mind. Everybody has a fit. 
everybody's jumping up and down like a Mexican jumping bean and getting nothing accomplished other than showing their goat smelling ass to the fans in the stadium and the fans at home. They're accomplishing nothing. Yes, you have to play with intensity. Yes, you have to play with emotion. But I saw one guy get a hit, and he's running down the first baseline, looking at his dugout, flexing his muscles, going, it's like, dude, they're going to throw your ass out at first. Pull your head out. That is taking it too far. And if I'm the coach, it's like, uh, son, had you gotten to first base yet? Well, no. Well, you know, you just made the third out and just killed a rally. When you hit the ball, what are you supposed to do? Well, I'm supposed to run to first base and second base. That's right. So uh, I'll let you know when the play is over. Up until then, do what you're supposed to do. Run the bases. This is not the Mr. America or Mr. Universe contest of you going down first base like a bobblehead, flexing your muscles and showing your, you know, the veins in your neck popping out. You're not Arnold Schwarzenegger. You're a ball player. Act like it. Play the game. I don't have a problem with emotion in a game. Guy hits a home run. Hey, okay. That's good. But this deal of everyone coming out of the dugout has got to stop on a home run. And this goes for the majors too. Now, if it's the home run that wins the game, that's different. But if it's a home run during the game, y'all just need to settle down because until the last out is made, the game isn't over. And all of this premature ejaculation and celebration needs to stop. And all it does is feed these moronic announcers. I mean, they think they can run the pace of the game. That's oh, that is one of the biggest things I do like about ESPN and their moronic announcers. They think they can set the tempo with the way they call the game and add excitement where you don't need to say a damn thing. I can see it on the TV, you dumbasses. Huh? He can't talk to us like that. I would love to be in a booth next door to them and give commentary on their commentary. I bet they would lose 75% of their listeners. Because they could listen to me and go, oh, we know what that idiot said. And here are some of the things those idiots have said. Minnow in shallow water. I was like, what did he just say? And I forgot what he was describing, but it's like, really? Did you actually have to look that up? And I couldn't remember if he was describing how the team was reacting, but it's like, that's got to be one of the dumbest things I've ever heard you know at least with Yogi Berra money's the same as cash you know it ain't over till it's over Yogiisms actually made sense what these guys are saying makes no sense and then there was this great one hands went before the bat well let me think You're holding the baseball bat. Tell me how you're going to swing that bat 
without your hands being in front of the bat. That's got to be the Darwin statement of the week. And they just come up with this crap to fill up airtime. I don't need you to fill up airtime. What I need you to do is fill up your brain with intelligence. And if that's asking for too much, then get fired and get someone in there that will actually call the game and not come up with some of the most lame-ass, ignorant comments I've heard. And that's why I don't watch Sunday Night Baseball, and I haven't for about three years because that group of Vesergion and Lopez and A-Rod, I mean, hell, the three Stooges had talent. Those Stooges don't. They're bad bobbleheads that you need to put duct tape over them so they don't talk. I mean, that Twilight uh, Zone episode with the mannequin, not the mannequin, but the ventriloquist, was that Cliff Robertson who had the dummy, but the dummy was actually alive. That dummy was smarter than any of ESPN's analysts. Ask me tomorrow how I feel about him, and I'll tell you. I can't stand them. So, turn the game on, turn the volume down, and it's bearable. It's just like the Rangers. I have to turn it down. Because if it's Nitwit and Raymond, it's just no. No, no, it's horrible. Okay. So that covered the bonehead quotes of the week, but the college world series, it has been great to watch. That has been really good baseball. Yes. I will still watch the Rangers because I love the game. But unlike the local homers, I'll call a spade a spade. If you suck, you suck. If your management is not giving the manager what he needs to have a winning season, I will call that out. And right now, that's exactly what I see. You cannot have a team built on one year uh, that we're over 50% of your players have one-year contracts. That doesn't work. And that shows me you don't have a lot of faith in these people. And it shows them that you don't have a lot of faith in them. Why can't you give them two-year contracts? Two years, you should be able to develop a player or a pitcher. Or at least see what they have. In one year, they already know before the season begins, oh, damn. I'm going to have to prove myself. Or go back to the minors. Well, some of them might need to go back to the minors. But uh, you're not going to build a team on one-year contracts. That'd be like when I was in the construction business. Okay, you're hired for one year, one year only, to do this job that's going to take a year and a half to complete. But as we get close to the end of your contract, we'll talk about renegotiation based on your performance. And if we don't think you've performed well, then we're not going to renew your contract and we'll bring someone else in. Well, that doesn't give the project stability. You hired me for the job. 
if you think the job is getting in trouble, okay, we can address it then. If I really screw up, then fire me. If I make a huge mistake, fire me. That's on me, not on you. But if you want me to stick around and I'm doing a good job and you've given me more projects to complete, then you need to pay me for that, but I'll stay. I'll stay for the duration. Well, that gives, in my case, that office in Dallas stability. I've worked at companies where, and with them, where they go through project managers, like most of us go through toilet paper. You just keep flushing them. I know I was on one job. I think we had three or four project managers from the general contractor. It was just clusterfuck. That's all it was. First guy lasted, what was it, three or four months? The second guy lasted a year. Uh, then they had an interim, and then the superintendent became the project manager, and he finally righted the ship, but all the damage had been done, and now he had to clean it up. And the guy that he replaced, well, he just kept going from company to company to company to company, and it was just, you know, it was just a blaze of destruction that followed him. I don't know why these guys keep getting jobs. I guess because they think, oh, well, he worked for them and he knows what he's doing. Well, obviously not. Uh, but so much for that. So, yeah, I will be watching the College World Series because I really enjoy it. Harris visits Texas and there was great celebration uh no why would she go to el paso because she wouldn't be greeted with trump one signs like she was in guatemala and she was here a whole seven hours and what was decided nothing interesting that the governor of texas and the lieutenant governor of Texas weren't, quote, invited to see her. Hell, I wouldn't see her. Even if she said, well, I've got a pair of knee pads, I ain't going. I don't care. I can go to baby dolls and get better action than that. I know that was a little harsh, but uh, is what it is. Oh, but we're all worried about the root causes of immigration. Well, you know. When Trump was there, he said, I'm not interested in your causes. What I'm interested in is stopping the flow first. You stop the flow, and then we can talk. Well, Biden has taken the exact opposite. We're going to let one to two million illegals pour into the country while we set up more committees to determine what the root causes are of these people fleeing and how many hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars, we're going to give them to get their economy up and running so their people don't leave. Well, they've already done that under Obama, and that didn't work. All it does is create graft and corruption, just like Puerto Rico. After the hurricane, then we got to find out what the mayor of Puerto Rico had been doing. Not a damn thing, yet Trump was blamed for all of it wrong all those warehouses full of supplies that have not been distributed 
God, it sounds like the German army in Russia. The German soldiers are starving. They're retreating, and they come across these warehouses full of food that never got to them because the fat cats, the sergeants, the officers in the back area, in the rear areas, they were living high off the hog. Well, they were the first ones to flee, and here come the frontline soldiers starving to death, just looking at all this shit going, we got to burn it so it doesn't fall into enemy hands. No, we're going to take everything we can so we might be able to eat for three days because we've only been getting a potato a day. You try and fight on a potato a day in sub-freezing or heat-oppressive environment. See how fast your energy gets sapped. It's fast. So this was a total wasted trip, but she can now say, I went to the border. Oh, and I just feel for all those kids. Uh Uh-huh. Remember when Pelosi did that and said just how cute they were and I wish I could take them home? And how many did she take home? Zero. And how are all these kids, these unaccompanied minors, I love that term, and children getting it? Who the hell, what parent is going to send their five-year-old on a thousand-mile journey? I can't think of one. Unless their parents have died and... You think they're going to take off by themselves and have a compass and a map that says, I'm going to walk a thousand miles as a five-year-old or 500 miles or 200 miles? Uh, no. You want the root causes? Who's financing these caravans? How come they have Biden-Harris shirts? Look at their clothing. They talk about how dangerous the journey is, okay? And I've mentioned this before. Go back to old war films of Korea, Vietnam, World War II, World War I, where the refugees are fleeing from the approaching army. Look how they're dressed. Look at their faces. You don't see torn tattered clothing on these children young adults hell some of these women look like they haven't missed a meal in five years because they put bowling balls to shame they're bigger than houses i'm surprised they didn't bring tow trucks out for some of them and they're starving and they're oppressed look at those films that i talked about earlier you'll see starving and depressed and oppressed people, especially in Vietnam and Korea, you can see how distraught they are and how skinny they are. The only reason some of them look big is because in Korea it is extremely cold, especially when the Chinese attacked us and kicked the hell out of us. Thank you, Douglas MacArthur. They they're, they're all bundled up because it's, but freezing cold, it's, it's, you know, there's winds coming off of Siberia. It's horrible. 
But then when you see them in their makeshift lean-tos trying to get a warm meal and they've got some of their clothes off, they're skinny as hell. You see that with any of these people coming up from Central, South America, and Mexico? No. They look better fed than kids in our orphanages. Or remember the pictures we used to get of those from the uh, uh, shit. What's the mountain range? Well, let's just say Eastern Kentucky, Eastern Tennessee, Western Georgia, the Carolinas. You know, go back to the pictures of the Dust Bowl of the Okies that went to California and you see all these lean-to sheds and these families of eight and ten and look at the kids. You can tell if they're eating once a day, they're doing good. And most of their clothes were made out of burlap sacks. Just whatever mom could find, whatever clothing or garments or throwaways that's what the kids were clothed in flower sacks was a big deal that's what those kids were wearing you see that with these migrants coming up here no but kamala wants to worry about the root causes and do nothing that's what it comes down to they're going to do nothing They're not going to secure the border. They have no desire to secure the border. They are giving the mystical look that we're doing something. You're not doing a damn thing except letting this flood of migrants keep coming in. They talk about, well, we got the centers down to where instead of those kids being there 72 to 100 hours, they're now only there for 30 hours. Where the hell are they going? How many are in? the Dallas Convention Center downtown. How come we haven't heard any more of that, Governor Greg Abbott? And what about the rest of the facilities across the state? Where are all of these people being sent to? And how are you keeping tabs on them? Are you inserting chips in them for tracking? I doubt that. So what are you doing? And then I like this part about well, they're coming up here to be reunited with their parents. Huh? What parent left their child behind? Or did the mom go back home, birth the child, and then come back to the States? And I'm sure that was illegal. You know, you didn't have to like Trump, but all Donald did was apply the laws that Congress had passed that were on the books that no president before him would do. There's the the system doesn't need to be reformed. The only thing that needed to change. And I don't know if Trump's people thought about it, if they actually tried to do this. 
you set the asylum boards on the other side of the border, not on ours. So yeah, you're going to have to have like a DMZ area in an agreement with Mexico, which under Trump, Mexico would agree to. Because when Donald said, if you don't stop these people from traipsing through your country, I've got some real good news on what I'm going to do to you economically. And all of a sudden, the Mexican government said, whoa, 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 hang on there, Don. All right, we'll take care of it. We're going to take our people and we're going to secure our side of the border. Biden gets into office and that's the first thing the Mexicans do is, all right, go home. Let the cartels run the border. How's that working out? Huh? Like a lead balloon. It's not. So basically her trip, what at first I described it as window dressing. It wasn't even that. It was an embarrassment. Very sad. But nothing will get their attention until these people that are coming in illegally commit a crime on their person or someone they know. So, yeah, they might have to wind up going to Washington, D.C., and all of a sudden we hear some congressman or senator or cabinet member is attacked and they find out it was an illegal that came from El Salvador, Honduras, or some other country. And they say, I, he said it was free. I could come. It's free. It's free. I get money. I didn't have any money. I needed to take money. That's when it'll get their attention. And only then. Or state representatives. I'm definitely not inciting this type of action, but that's usually the way these things occur. Nothing is done until it actually slaps those in charge that there's a problem. Dust Bowl was a perfect example. For years, D.C. had heard about it, but no one did a fact-finding mission and went out to southeastern Colorado, western Oklahoma, and northwest Texas to see what was going on until this huge dust storm rolled into Washington, D.C., and they thought, my God, the sky is falling. It's the second coming. Uh, I guess we need to send someone out there to see what's going on. Duh. Well, that's the way government works. Until it affects them, they just, you know, let's get a broom and a dustbin and just sweep it away and you won't see it anymore. Just, oh, forget the bin. Just sweep it under the carpet. It'll be okay. No, Nobody's going to pull up the carpet and look. But the day you do pull up that carpet, you're like, what the hell's going on? Could somebody please explain to me what the hell is going on? When I said clean, I meant clean. This isn't cleaning. This is masking. This is hiding the problem. You haven't addressed it. You've just moved it on, and now you've made it worse. That's government. And this government... Oh, God, you know, as an American, we want our government to succeed. We want it to 
keep in mind the welfare of its people. Well, and I've talked about this before since 2000 with today's rampant, rampant press, it's impossible for anyone to work for the country because the press doesn't want us to work together. What they want us to do is continue continue on with this tribal warfare because it keeps their ratings up. It keeps them employed. They should all be fired. All of them. Every one of them. None of, a, none of them give the news. They give opinions. And speaking of opinions, I, I, I was waiting for an article to break out on the collapse of the building in Surfside. Of course, the first ones in the forefront was the mayor of uh, Surfside, Levin, and that bitch, Wasserman Schultz. She went to Biden, and Biden said he was going to give her what he wanted. What does the federal government have to do with a building collapse? That's the Red Cross. That is local and state. That is their issue. That's not the federal government's issue. OSHA is going to go and investigate this. So I wondered how long it would take before the theories started flying around like fleas and mosquitoes on sugar. It didn't take long. Because there's an article that I found this morning on that reliable source newser. What a bunch of crap this outfit is. And I get this because I still have a net zero account. But their headline is, before collapse, condo had major structural damage. Now, that perks up your ears, doesn't it? It's like, oh my God, it's all coming apart. Why didn't they do something? Because his report was in 2018. But if you read the report, uh, a concrete slab below its pool deck that needed to be extensively repaired. Okay, pool deck. What is a pool deck? Well, if you look at the pictures, the pool deck is what surrounds the pool. That's the deck. That's the pool deck. Now, was there a pool, a suspended pool inside one of these wings was there an indoor pool at the bottom that i don't know in that the report but it's the decking the decking is just decorative so you can walk around the pool itself and they talked about waterproofing okay well that's all waterproofing is is plastic that we put down on the ground we put dirt on top of that and then we pour concrete on because you know they have a high water table because they're right next to the Atlantic Ocean. So, yes, you have a high water table. But the more you read the article, but they don't think that contributed to it. And then they start talking about the columns that they noticed spalling. Okay, now we have a problem. Spalling is where the concrete 
that the the strength of a structure isn't the concrete folks the strength is in the steel all the concrete does is protect the steel you drive over a bridge deck you're driving over this huge mat of steel the only reason there's concrete on it is so you can drive on it yes it has some structural integrity to it but that's not what holds the bridge up. It's the steel that the concrete is protecting. So when you have spalling, you have a lot of salt in the air in Florida. That's a given. You got the Atlantic on one side. You got the Gulf of Mexico on the other. These are salt water bodies and salt erodes steel. Concrete is porous if you didn't know that. And when it comes to a floor, you ever been on a floor that's just slick as snot? Okay, that's a finish. We have finishing machines, and we put different types of blades. You have combo blades, and you have finishing steel blades. And I mean, they slick that thing off, and the whole purpose is, is to seal the pores. And we also will put a hardener on top of it while we're running these machines to make sure that we are making that surface as hard as impenetrable as possible. All these big warehouses like Amazon has and Walmart and Costco, their floors, if you've ever walked on the concrete, it's slick. Well, you want it that way. You don't want moisture getting into concrete because the roads you drive on, the sidewalk, the driveway, all of that, it's porous, which means Water can only seep in, but it can seep out. So if it can seep in, especially in salt water, what does salt do to steel? Uh, oxidizes it, and it starts reducing it. And these reports of that buildings don't collapse in America is a farce. It is true. We don't have a lot of buildings falling down, but what we have had is we have had major bridges on interstates collapse. Remember Oklahoma? Remember uh, the Twin Cities Bridge on I-35? There is a slew of bridge failures. There has been a slew of parking garage failures up north because of the salt they use to de-ice. But spalling happens when the concrete starts failing, and concrete only has a 20-year lifetime. Didn't know that, did you? The building's 40 years old. So, yes, you're going to have to keep maintaining it. And you wonder why our interstate system keeps falling apart. Well, it was built in the 60s for the most part. Duh. It's only got a 20-year lifespan. So starting in the mid, eight, mid to late 80s, guess what? interstates start falling apart and we have seen it time and time and time again thus we came up you know we keep having these infrastructure bills concrete is not a lifelong product unless you were the romans and that was two thousand years ago why are their structures still standing and we can't get ours to last 40 to 50 years you answer me that question and you will be the smartest son of a bitch in the concrete industry Yeah, why are the aqueducts still standing the Romans built? Okay. But spalling is the concrete falls off. When the concrete falls off, guess what it does? The steel gets exposed. So especially in this environment in Florida, you damn well better get out there and repair it. 
and you better do it right. Now, are there are reports that they were poorly repaired. Well, what does poorly repaired mean? Of course, they talk about the cracks. Okay, concrete cracks. Got it? There are two things that concrete does, and anyone in the industry knows that. It gets hard, and it cracks. And if you're Jimmy Hoffa, it's a nice gravestone, but we'll never know. That's what it does. It gets hard and it cracks. So they talked about cracks, but they don't talk about what they look like. Are they hairline? Are they joint? Or are they structural? Each one is different. For those of us that live in Texas, we remember the fiasco of the brand new $80 million stadium in Allen Eagle, Texas football complex. Those were structural. My daughter actually went there and watched a game. And she talked about it. And then I saw the pictures after they realized we have a real problem. These were structural cracks. These weren't hairline. These weren't the cracks in joints. I mean, we joint concrete like in your driveway or your sidewalk, even in the streets, you know, we do joints in a street every 20 feet and one down the center of the streets wider than 24 feet, 25. We want it to crack and that's where we want it to crack. It's a controlled crack. That's what we call it. And then we seal it up under the premise that that will keep the moisture from the surface going down, damaging the subgrade and causing pumping and then having to come back in 10 to 15 years and repair it. So all these potholes you see is called pumping, but I'm not here to give you a construction education. It's, you, you don't want the subgrade damaged because if it gets damaged, then the riding surface falls apart. So back to Florida, if you watch that video on how it collapsed it, almost looked like a controlled blast. I mean, the way that thing came down looked like a controlled blast. And I am not saying that's what happened. I'm not even alluding to that, but it came down so perfect. It is a catastrophic failure. Now, what's going to be interesting, you know, everybody is, they've already had lawsuits filed. People are already speculating. I don't give a shit about your speculation because I am not speculating here. I have not told you why I think it failed, how it failed. You know why? Because I don't know. And we won't know until they call off the search for survivors, which I would imagine is going to be, if not today, tomorrow. Then they're going to start removing the debris and they're going to look at it. They're going to look at the floor slabs that are still intact. They're going to look and test the concrete. They're going to look at the steel where that was attached to what is left standing of this complex. And it's going to be an intense search. At one time I thought, okay, maybe the piers collapse well 
that's not true because the parking garage is still there and we saw the rescue workers in the parking garage. So, okay. What type of failure was this? What caused it? And you did hear one survivor say they heard two large explosions. When steel fails, it will pop. It's very distinctive. And it, at times, if it's a lot of steel, it will sound like a bomb going off. So if the steel in the concrete slabs failed, why? This is the question. Because you watch it. I mean, that thing comes straight down. And as the rubble slides to, when you're looking at the video, slides to the right, you can kind of see it push that other wing just a little bit and it kind of tilts and then it comes down. But this is not going to be overnight. Of course, everybody wants it overnight. So look for the media to lose their minds and say they're not moving fast enough. They're not doing this. They're not doing that. They're hiding information. They don't want us to know. You know, for those that don't know, the first thing we do is we find the old prints. We find the files for that job. We go through those files. We find the contractor if they're still in business. And if they're not, let's see if we can find anybody associated with it that might have their construction files. You have your debris guys out there slowly moving this stuff with inspectors out there, concrete, structural, looking for signs of failure in the concrete and the steel. Media, get the hell out of our way. And then we've got to send, when we find areas that are questionable, we send those to labs to be tested. If salt water got into the steel, if it seeped through some of those columns, if somehow it got into the floor decks, it's going to oxidize that rebar. And in some of the parking garage failures up north when they collapsed, and I remember reading about this and uh, the ACI, American Concrete Institute, they showed a picture of this slab. Slab was perfect. And the steel was still there, but you could have taken a pen and started scooping the steel out. It had completely deteriorated. There was nothing left. It was gone. And the question was, why did it stand so long? But they did. And that actually started this examination into a chemical de-icer instead of sand and salt. And you see, we here in Dallas see it used every year. I don't know how it works. I don't even know what it's called, but it does keep the roads from freezing. It keeps the ice from forming and it doesn't destroy the integrity of concrete or asphalt or steel. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, they still use it, 
they still use the standard salt sand mixtures, but with this chemical, they don't have to use near as much. And they also realized instead of just letting the stuff sit out there, they'll go and reclaim it so they can reuse that mixture again. It's not cheap. It's not cheap at all. But that's my take on what's going on in Florida. Press, get the hell out of the way and shut the hell up. Because the more you talk, the dumber you look. And you might think that you're getting more viewers. Well, if they're intelligent, you ain't getting a damn one. Because that would require critical thinking. Which leads us into the next topic. C-R-T. Why can't it be C-T? Critical race theory. And I have liberal friends who think this is the greatest thing since sliced bread. I guess they just want civil discourse. Why can't we have C-T, which is critical thinking? Isn't that those, since I'm 61, that's how I was raised. Don't believe everything you're told. Be a critical thinker. Look at both sides of the equation. Have all the facts that you can garner. And then make the best informed decision you can. With CRT, they're making that decision for you. They're telling you how bad you are. They're telling you you are responsible for the ills of the world. Okay. If it weren't for England and the Netherlands and Guyana, there probably wouldn't have I mean, Great Britain, there probably wouldn't have been a slave trade. No country invaded Africa and rounded up slaves. There was supply to the white man because the white man said, hey, we'll pay you for them. We can, we can put them to work and save our people. Well, this goes back to, for those who have traveled to Europe, the Mediterranean, the Middle East, especially Egypt, Rome, and Greece, who built all these wonderful monuments that we can go and visit today and marvel at the architecture and the engineering. Well, if, it, if you're in Egypt, you'd know damn well who built it, and sure the hell wasn't the Egyptians. They were all back there popping a, popping a top and uh, lighting up watching those Jewish slaves bust their ass as the pyramids rose and the sphinxes came into being and these beautiful cities came up. You think Greece built all those monuments? Parthenon? You think Rome built the Colosseum and the aqueducts with Romans and got paid? Uh, no. It's called slave labor. And that's only been going on since, I don't know, the beginning of time. But America is responsible for everything. 
doesn't matter that we help the British and English stem the Germans in World War I, because if we wouldn't have shown up when we did, France falls. That's a given. That's where the Marines got their name, Heufel, Heufelhund. Yeah, France falls. And if we don't get involved in World War II, uh, let's not even think about that. Does Germany now have a chance of defeating Russia if we if we don't get involved in it? We'll never know. But at least Hitler would know America is not getting in this. They've already said they're not getting into this this fight. So, uh, hey, Japan, take whatever you want. You know, they're not going to get in the fight. Don't bomb Pearl Harbor, but take every island, take Midway, and when you feel confident and you're ready to go, knock out Hawaii. The Americans are going to pull back, and uh, it's only going to be 48 states. Russia, we know you sold Alaska. Go ahead and take it back. I don't think the Americans are going to want to defend that. Yeah, it's the white man's fault. This is this is crap. You don't like this country? Leave. And don't say we're staying because we know better. Well, that's what Lenin said. That's what Hitler said. That's what Stalin said. That's what Mao said. That's what Pol Pot said. We know better. Castro, we know better. And we see how those countries turned out. They knew better and how to take care of their own. Anybody that wasn't in their inner circle is out of here. They're imprisoned or they disappear. Is this what we are going to teach our kids that were the problem? And I had this discussion with my hairdresser. She, she's a great gal. Her name's Rose. I'm not going to give her last name because I don't have permission. But we have talked about this. And last night at Dunstan's, damn it, I got to get that gal's name, who is the hostess. But uh, we were talking about it. There, and she agrees there's no better country. If she stayed in her native Mexico, she wouldn't have the opportunity she has here. And she has a problem with these illegals coming in. Every Mexican, because that's what they are. These aren't Hispanics. These are Mexicans that were born and raised in Mexico and came to the United States and then became citizens. They have a real problem with what's going on. And many of my liberal friends have given me grief over it. Oh, well, you don't know them. I'm godfather to their daughters. Can you say that? That shows you what they think of me. I've listened to them through the years. They were livid when Dallas, when the DISD became bilingual. They had a real problem with that. 
why would they have a problem with it? They still speak Spanish at home. And their response is because we live in the United States and English is what is spoken here. What we speak in our house is our business. What we learn in the schools is everyone's business. And English is the language of the United States. Not Ebonics, not Spanish, not Yiddish, not German, not uh, Scandinavian, not French. You could kind of throw Great Britain in there, but we do speak a common language that neither one of us understands. Not Italian, not Chinese, Japanese, Vietnamese, Thai. Just go through the list. It's English. And after World War II, English was the predominant language of the world. Oh, but that was oppressive. No, it's called communicating. We're going to tell you what we're going to do, how we're going to do it. So that when we leave, you can take over and we can still communicate. Excuse me, but if you're a liberal, not the hell with communication. Just let them do what they want. It's fine. And we'll pay for it happily, gladly. Well, then you start paying for it. And I'm not talking about your federal taxes. I'm talking about you personally. All you liberals that think this is a good idea, pack your bags. Empty your bank accounts, sell all your possessions, buy a travel trailer, and go down to the border and start giving all your money out and pay for their health care and their education because you don't need it because you're evil. That's what this CRT that you want pushed is saying. Well, if you're so damn evil, it's time for you to give up all your possessions and get the hell out of Dodge and go down to the border. No, hell, you don't need an RV. Just buy you a tent at Bucks or Don Sporting Goods, whatever it is, and you can live on the border with the rest of them. And you can hand out all your money because you don't need it because it was evil because your ancestors stole the land and they've oppressed every son of a bitch they ever came in contact with. You Go ahead. You don't need it. That's what you're telling everybody else. You don't need it. You should be feel bad. All you people in Oklahoma that live in Indian, ter- Indian, Indian territory that have a problem with what happened to the Indians will then leave, pack up, give your land back, tear the house down, wipe out that subdivision, give it back to the Indians, let them grow their maize, let them have their teepees. Get the hell out. You're the problem. You're the oppressor. You're living on stolen land. You really think they're going to do that? No, because they've become very accustomed to their lifestyle. And we can't do that. That's going too far. Well, then shut the hell up and leave the rest of us alone. It's really that simple. If you feel so bad, you know what to do. And if you don't want to do that, then shut the hell up. It ain't that hard. And quit having this holier-than-thou attitude that we know best. Yeah, you don't. You only care about your power circle. That's it. Yeah, the Republicans out there, too, that have the same mindset. I'm not one of them. 
shit really, really upsets me. And these people that are going to the school boards that are hooting and hollering and the left is painting them as villains. Remember, let me give you a little short history quiz for the dumbasses that forgot this. You remember after the 2016 election, a lot of city council meetings that were going on across the country in Antifa and BLM, they were filming themselves outside on how they were going to disrupt these conservative meetings, and they did it, and people didn't get arrested. Do you remember that? Pull up the videos. They're out there unless YouTube has squashed those too. But now we're going to arrest people that came to a school board meeting, are demonstrating their uh, civil right to peacefully gather and protest, peacefully assemble and protest. You're going to arrest them, but you won't arrest the other sons of bitches that did all this shit back in 16 and 17. Yeah, they got to pass. What's good for the goose is good for the gander. And at our present rate, I would love for this country to come together. I have thought about how can that happen? Is there a candidate that can unite the majority of the conservatives and the majority of the liberals? You're never going to change the mind of the hardcore people left right independent it's a given it's just going to be that way so how do you bring these other people together and realize we're not each other's enemies and this stuff about having a conversation has well exceeded its it's day. I'm tired. That's another one of these sayings that, you know, who is it? Ashley Banfield. Let's have a conversation. How about you just shut the hell up? I wouldn't watch her if I had to. And you all know how I feel about the news. I mean, watching, I'm not even going to talk about Dana Perino, but it's Willie Nelson's voice in a female's body. It's just, and I, all right, I'll get off on a tangent. And I don't want to, but CT is what we need, not CRT. We need CT. We need critical thinking. And if we can get critical thinking, we can realize that the bridges between the majority of conservatives and liberals isn't as big as the media plays it out to be. You know, at one time, Texas was a Democratic state. I know that's going to shock a lot of people, but it was. It was part of the South. Oklahoma. Hell, during FDR's reign, most of the country was Democratic. But as I've said in past shows, it moves. It fluxes. Republicans, Democrats, Republicans, Democrats. The media is our enemy. The media is the problem. 
They're an enemy in the sense of the misinformation propaganda they keep spouting off. If you turned off the TV for a week and turned on the radio to get your news, see how your life would be. See if your thinking has softened on certain issues. See if you're still as adamant about your positions or if you're willing to listen to something else. Try that. I don't know if anybody will, but what a novel experiment. No CNN, no Fox, no ABC, CBS, NBC, NPR, PBS, Red State, Newser, Epoch Times, uh, New York Times, Washington Post, name it. Turn on the radio. And I'm not talking about talk show radio. Because that's what some will do. They'll try and cheat and turn on WBAP and listen to Chris Salzado and then Don Bagino. You can listen to Rick Roberts and then Dan Levin and Chris Croc. He is a croc. I don't know how that guy got that show. I've tried to listen to him, and that's like, man, I'd rather have food poisoning than listen to his show. And the only reason I mentioned Rick, Rick Roberts is because, for the most part, he is non-biased. Some of his shows, yes, he's really hammers the conservative. I mean, the liberals. He tries to look at both sides of the coin in his discussions and the topics that he brings up. That produces critical thinking. CT, not CRT, CT. Okay? Try it. See what happens. I have done that. If I watch 20 minutes of news a week, that's a push. Now, I did watch yesterday. I'm not going to be a hypocrite and say I don't. I did watch WGN, which I don't think they're going to be around after a year, but they were the first ones that came on and were talking about what's going on in Florida at Surfside, and that's where I got most of the information for what we discussed on this condo collapse. But other than that, I really don't care. I mean, try it. See what happens. Give yourself a break. And when you get through the week, treat yourself with a cookie or a piece of cake for accomplishing something of getting away from the brain, the media brainwashing. It really is pathetic. Okay. The last thing. Science fiction versus reality. Now, do I want to do that or the NCAA? Now, I guess I can do this. I'll finish up with the NCAA. I haven't read the book Atlas Shrugged, but I've watched the movie. And it's really interesting because it's on YouTube. 
but it's like YouTube keeps trying to squash this because the first time I watched it was over the summer and I wanted to go back and rewatch it and they all became private videos. So I couldn't access them. So I looked again and then I found them here, there. I, it, I went to three different sites before I finally got the whole thing, watched it again. And then I watched it about a week ago. And now all of a sudden I can find all of them without a problem, but it's like, yeah, are they going to disappear again? Why would this show keep popping up? And it's, it's, it's free. There's no ads. I mean, there's free with ads. Don't have to pay it. You know, when I heard about this book, I don't know, was it 10 years ago? I couldn't figure out why all the gals I knew that were liberals hated it. Well, until I watched it. Yes, I know there's going to be more in the book. Okay. And I understand these are films. And it doesn't capture capture the true essence of the book. I will read it. But it does lay out a very compelling storyline. Because the argument was that it was science fiction. That Anne Rand was this and Anne Rand was that. And just on and on and on about how evil this woman was. Well, why is she evil? I don't know. To read Animal Farm? That's pretty damn evil when you get down to it. Well, this book is very typical. It, it's very paralleled with Animal Farm. When those in charge think they know better. It's not science fiction. I mean, look at all the stuff that Jules Verne wrote about. It's happened. When he wrote it, People thought it was nuts. People thought Star Trek, uh, the Gene Roddenberry was nuts. Yeah, we haven't figured out warp speed yet, but we will 20, 50, 100 years. It won't be because of global warming, I guarantee you that. Yeah, I don't think they're going to use wind turbines to power the Starship Enterprise anywhere. But it's not science fiction. We're, we're seeing it to where those in government think they know more than the people. And they keep taking and taking and taking. How did we get to $28 trillion in debt? You can go through the historical charts of the deficit and you can see what happened. Well, how come nobody stopped it? I mean, did Trump really need to spend $5 trillion on the COVID relief? I mean, there was a big chunk of it because when he got in, it was 20. When COVID hit, it was 22. So he added $7 trillion to the deficit. God knows what Biden's going to add to it. It's not science fiction. You can hate Ayn Rand all you want to. But what she wrote and what the movies portray is there will come a point where those in charge will say that's enough. And where will they go? I mean, that's the whole premise. Where are they going to go? Where will all the brilliant minds 
go, construction, economics, philosophy, education, energy. Where will they, transportation, where will they go? When they realize enough is enough, will they just go buy islands, resurrect Atlantis, bring back the Titanic? My God, let the ship die. How many more documentaries are we going to do on the Titanic? How many more? How many? I don't know who's paying for all this shit on. We know what sunk it. An iceberg. Well, we know how it sunk. An iceberg. That's what you need to know. It hit an iceberg and it sank. It ripped open the hull and she sank. Well, we need to know exactly why. Was it the rivets they put in? Do we use those rivets anymore? No. Do we use those construction methods anymore? No. And people are making millions of dollars over this ship that killed thousands so they can get their name in the paper and be this great discoverer. What a bunch of crap. The first people that found the Titanic, they found it. They examined it. And they put their facts together. Everyone else is just building off of them. And this is our theory. I love, this is our theory. I don't care about your theory. 2,000 people died. The ship hit an iceberg. 2,000 people died. Okay? That's all I need to know. That That's it. Can you handle that? That's it. That's all I need to know. What time is it? Okay, so without really going into depth, it's not science fiction what she wrote about. Sooner or later, these people that have morals, have ethics, have backbone, when they realize that uh, the government wants it, they're going to say, take it. I'm leaving. I'm done. That day might not be too far off. I sure the hell hope it is. But uh, with this last story, I don't know. If you follow the NCAA, they had a suit filed against them about the players. You remember all the shit about Kavanaugh being confirmed as Supreme Court judge? Gorsuch got a pass because the Democrats hadn't put in their gotten their war party with their war plan put together. So his confirmation kind of went through without a real hoo-ha. Of course, Kavanaugh was just ridiculous. Barrett held the senators, including our vice president. No, she's not my vice president. Showed up. Uh, d- no, they didn't show up. Remember, they put, what they call them, doppelgangers, whatever they were, the cardboard cutouts in their seats. What Was that just not childish or what? And she's the vice president. What a joke. And they hated Kavanaugh. Well, Kavanaugh has the most ridiculous statement in the in its opinion. And the whole case is this. College players want to be paid to play and get endorsements. Okay. Completely understand that. Well, Kavanaugh's opinion is horrible. Because you, you can look up his opinion, but 
here's what he concludes with. Instead of relying on litigation, Kavanaugh offered schools and student athletes could potentially engage in collective bargaining, uh, parentheses open, or seek some other negotiated agreement, parentheses closed, to provide student athletes a fair share of the revenues that they generate for their colleges, akin to how professional football and basketball players have negotiated for a share of league revenues. Okay. What did that just say? The athletes are going to unionize. They're going to have collective bargaining. And in the very beginning of his statement, like I said, you can look up nowhere else in America can businesses that should be, it's now colleges that should be colleges. Can colleges get away with the green, not to pay their workers workers? No, now it's athletes, a fair market rate on the theory that their product is defined by not paying their athletes a fair market share so we're going to unionize college sports what a wonderful idea y'all think about that i don't have enough time to really get into it but think about that we're going to unionize college sports so if uh the players at ohio state and michigan don't think they're getting paid enough to play the michigan ohio state game we're going to strike yeah we're going to have strikes in college sports just what we wanted. Remember how we wanted that conservative Kavanaugh on the bench? I didn't give a shit because once these guys get on the bench, you take your politics and trash them. The law is not supposed to be conservative or liberal, but they were all worried about Roe versus Wade. If you think that that isn't a liberal decision from a conservative on the bench, think again. It is. He's advocating unions and collegiate sports. And so who was the other guy? All, uh, yeah, Gorsuch was in on it too. These are conservative judges. My ass. No, they became Supreme Court judges. Now they're going to do as they damn well please. Hell be damned to the consequences. It ain't science fiction. This is reality. I can't wait for Oklahoma and Oklahoma State to uh, have a strike before their rivalry. How about Texas OU, Auburn, Alabama, name the school, Florida, Florida State, UCLA, USC. We're going on strike because we're not getting paid enough. From conservative Supreme Court justices. Is that just not ridiculous? It should be. I don't want to hear any more about it. It's supposed to be six to three, right? What dumbass wants to unionize college athletics? Gorsuch and Kavanaugh. I'll say that again for the hearing impaired. Gorsuch and Kavanaugh. Oh, hell. Okay. Uh, I didn't do my promos, so I'll pick them up now. I have a GoFundMe. Motivational speaker and author for hire. I am changing the name of my book, Do Your Damn Job, to Cutting to the Chase. 
because I think people will be more receptive to that title. And I am putting a video together on that, that you employers will be able to download it to be on my LinkedIn page, Jeff Dawson. And you can watch that. And if you think the message I'm giving is something that will benefit you, give me a call. We'll do business. And I'm affordable. I'm not going to break your bank. I'm here to help your company get on track online with management techniques that work. And I mean, do your damn job is pretty specific, but I think cutting to the chase will be more receptive. And that's a lot about getting hired to do these speeches is you want to be reachable and receptive cutting to the chase. It softens the message a little bit, but that, doesn't soften anything that's in the book itself okay and i i have the gofundme because yeah this costs me money to do this show every week and let's just say the kitty's getting low uh you can subscribe at bbs1 to download all the archives i've been doing this show since i think uh september of last year starts at 2.99 a month it's pretty affordable. You can, you actually have an option. If you think it's worth more than that, you can do that. Uh, if you're a reader, all of my books are on Amazon. Jeff Dawson, as it says in the prom, in the intro, there isn't a genre I don't write in. Nonfiction, fiction, horror, comedy, relationships, cancer, alternative history, science fiction, time travel. It's all there. I've got like 18 works. And as I mentioned at the beginning, you want to see my reviews that I post since Amazon deleted all of them, that little shit Bezos. Yeah, I did a video on that that you can see on YouTube, Director 59. But they're still up on Goodreads, like 750. I think that's how many I've posted. I'm a little behind this year, but that's okay. Uh, is that everything? Now, on this show, it doesn't do any good to bring it up at the beginning because if you're not listening, then you can't get this phone number. But I did post it. I have a parlor account. I have my website, LDDJ Enterprises, and when you type that in, it's number one in the search engine. You can't miss it. Now, I know it's an old site, and it needs to be updated, so I'm. it's not a priority because it gets you in. When you go to the blog, it gets you into all of my books. It gets you into all the articles that I publish, and I have a Facebook page of LDDJ Enterprises. And also have baseball books. So if you're looking for help in coaching techniques that I've used through the years that work, I do that too. There isn't a lot I don't do when it comes to management and relationships. Because I have been through a lot, like most of us. But I took the time to put it on paper and put it in print so that it will help others in case they're struggling in these areas or if they want to be entertained. 
That's why I don't write in one genre. We have to be, for me, diversified. If we're not diversified, then we wind up in the category of CRT instead of CT. And I hope that's the one thing you got out of today's show is you want to be put in a category of CRT or you want to be put in the category of CT. And I'll end this with a final shout out to Stacy West and her shaggy buffalo that I will pass on to my daughter-in-law. To Tabitha, prayers, well wishes, and a speed of recovery. And to our guest of honor, Jerry Berry, a very happy 77. And hopefully you'll be around for at least 77 more. But if you're a baseball fan, how's your team doing? Are they competitive this year? Are they collapsing? Are you enjoying the season? Do you think the umpires have gotten trigger fingers this year when it comes to ejections? I've watched some of the uh, John Boy videos, and he does a pretty good job. I mean, I'm sure between DraftKings and the other people he promotes, he's doing pretty good. But for the most part, I like his breakdowns. And he has shown some of these ejections of late that they appear to be a bit over the top and that there isn't a lot of leniency being given. I was an umpire. I know how this works. Some games, we just have a very short fuse because the players can't seem to behave. And if they can't behave, then you can go sit in the dugout, in the locker room, or the parking lot. The choice is yours. And I kind of joked with Patty about that every time she introduces me to somebody new. Somehow it works into the conversation that I was an umpire. And, of course, their eyebrows kind of raise, and they're like, oh, so was he a nice umpire? And she goes, no, he was mean. And I said, the only reason she says that is because I told her that she'd probably be the first one I'd throw out of a game. And, yeah, Patty, that's probably true. Oh, and if we're still on the air, I forgot to talk about this. We're talking about going to Ham's Orchard in Carroll, right? And uh, all I want you to do is pull up Google Maps. I don't want your GPS. Pull up Google Maps, and if you'll see it, I-20 and I-30 split in Mesquite. 30 goes to Rockwall, 20 goes to Forney and Terrell. And your son-in-law told me I didn't know what I was talking about. Well, pull it up on Google Maps, and you'll see. You take 20. Yeah, there's a split west of Terrell where you exit and you can get on business 80. Well, you don't need to do that. Just go down 80, go down 20 until you see the FM 34 exit. You get off on 34, you take a left and go north. You go into downtown Terrell, which is US 80. 
You take a right, you go about three miles east, and there's Hams. If you want to do it through Rockwall, then you're going to have to go south on 243 and come in at the same place where 80, if you take that split on 30, where 80 meets at uh, the big Ford dealer and the Walmart there. And you're right back where you started, and now you'll pass Genville Ben Gill Park, but if you stay on 20 and go all the way down to 34 and go north on 34 and then right on 80, it's three miles down on your right. The way Raymond had you going, hey, you'd wind up where West did in Clinton, Arkansas or someplace. So, Raymond, I'm right. You're wrong. And, yeah, I can work for MAPSCO. I had to throw that in. Pull it up on Google Maps. You don't have to believe me, but, yeah, I live down there. I've done construction in the DFW area for 30 years. I know how the highways work and I'm not going to Terrell through Rockwall. That's all there is to it. Y'all have a great weekend and I'll see you in two weeks. I hope you enjoyed our time together. I know I did. Without you wonderful listeners, this show would not be possible. If you want to know more about me and how my brain works, that's a scary thought. Check out my books at jeffdawsononamazon.com. Websites, LDDJ Enterprises and jeffdawsonauthor.site for upcoming releases and teaser excerpts from past and present publications. You can also contact me at Facebook, LDDJ Enterprises Publishing, or email LDDJEnterprises at gmail.com or on Twitter at JeffDawson59. Have a great week and look forward to seeing you on the next episode of Dawson's Domain.